0: So the reading today is from Psalm 104. Praise the Lord, my soul. Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. The Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent and lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. He makes the clouds his chariot and rides on the wings of the wind. He makes winds his messengers, flames of fire his servants. He set the earth on its foundations, it can never be moved. You covered it with the watery depths as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains, but at your rebuke the waters fled. At the sound of your thunder they took to flight. They flowed over the mountains, They went down into the valleys to the place you assigned for them. You set a boundary they cannot cross. Never again will they cover the earth. He makes springs pour water into the ravines. It flows between the mountains. They they give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The land is satisfied by the fruit of his work. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. The trees of the field are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There, the birds make their nests. The stork has its home in the junipers. The high mountains belong to the wild goats. The crags are a refuge for the hyrax. He made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to go down. You bring darkness, it becomes night, and all the beasts of the forest prowl. The lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God. The sun rises and they steal away. They return and lie down in their dens. Then people go out to their work, to their labor until evening. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and Leviathan, which you form to frolic there. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. But may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Good morning. It's great we've got a new vicar. It's pretty good, isn't it? I'm just pleased uh, it's not another David. (laughs) Simon, fantastic. It's really exciting. And it's great that you could be here this morning. It's really good to see you. My name is George, and I'm the curate here at Christchurch, for those of you who don't know. We're starting a new series today, Looking at Stewardship. It's quite exciting. We've got four weeks looking at stewardship. And that's the giving of our time, the giving of our money, the giving of our talents, our resources, all of those things. And today, the first Sunday of this four-part series in stewardship, we're going to be looking at God. Pretty good place to start, wouldn't you say? We're going to be looking at God. How has God provided for us? How has God created all things? How has God shown himself to us in creation? How is he majestic? How is he full of splendor? How is he everything to us? We're going to start by looking at God and it's really quite amazing. As I've been looking at this psalm this last week, just as we had those words read to us just now, isn't it incredible when you take a step back and you think what God has done for us? How he has created everything how he has given us so many blessings, and we take them for granted so many times, do we not? I know that I do. I read this psalm, and I've been reading it this last week, and I've just been bowled away by who God is, by the character and nature of God. It is incredible. I've been challenged as I've been reading these words to think back and to think, actually, how often do I just stop? How often do I stop and thank God for what he's done? How often do I stop going through the motions? Life is busy and we've got so many things on, but how often do we stop and just say, God, thank you. Thank you so much for what you've done in our lives as individuals, but also in our life as a church. Thank you for providing for us. And as I said, I think what we do is we go through the motions. And we come to church on a Sunday and we sing some songs. And if I'm honest... And I've been noticing this the last few months. I'm saying this because I love Christchurch. I really do love Christchurch. But we look tired. We look exhausted. And a few months ago, I spoke from Revelation 3 about how God is speaking to the church in Sardis in Revelation 3. And he says to the church, wake up. Wake up, church. And strengthen what remains. Wake up. And honestly, I think that's a word for us as a church that we need to wake up, that we need to see who God is. We've got a new vicar coming. That's exciting. That's something to look forward to. But we need to wake up to give glory to his name, to praise him for who he is. Because in our worship, it's not about us. Our worship is not about how we're feeling. Our worship is about God. Our worship is about giving God the glory because he sits on the throne, that he is over all things, that he is full of majesty, splendor, all of those things. And honestly, as I have read this psalm this last week, again, I've just been bowled over by the character and the nature of God. God is awesome. And we're quite flippant with that word, aren't we, awesome? That is a word to describe God. He is amazing. And so what I want us to do now is something a little bit different. And I want us just to take a moment to, to pause, to be still, and we don't often have silence in church, but I just want us to take a moment just to be silent before God. And then what I want us to do is to thank God. And you can do that however you want, maybe that's in your own head, maybe that's praying out thanksgiving to God, but that we would just start with a period of silence and then we would thank God for what he's done in our lives as individuals, but in our life as a church. As well. Let's just spend a moment doing that now. God, thank you that you have provided us with a new vicar. Thank you that you reveal yourself in creation. Thank you that you are seated on the throne. Thank you, God, that you are with us as a church. Thank you that you have sent us your Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, that we can look to you, that we don't need to look to ourselves, that we don't need to look around, but that we can look to you in all that we do. Thank you that you have brought us new mercies every single morning. Amen. It's just nice, isn't it, sometimes just to stop. And I think we live in a world, particularly this country, particularly in Winchester, where we're very busy. And we're often doing things, many things, and just to stop and to pause. And I'd encourage you to do that in your own quiet times as well, just to have a moment of silence. And it really is a spiritual discipline to do. And a few years ago, I was awful at just taking time to be silent. But I've really learned over the last few years the value of it, that God can really speak in that moment of silence. So I'd encourage you to do that in your own personal quiet times as well. As I was saying, I've been reading this psalm this last week, and what I quite like to do is I put my headphones in and I go for a walk, and there's a beautiful walk that I can do up in Badger Farm um, over the fields and look down over Winchester and pray for the city. And I had my headphones in, I was listening to this psalm this last week, and really just completely amazed by who God is. And there's a few verses that stuck out to me. There might have been some that stuck out to you as we had that read to us a moment ago. For me, these verses really speak of God's character. Verse one, praise the Lord, my soul. Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. Verse seven, at your rebuke, the waters fled at your rebuke, the waters fled. At the sound of your thunder, they took to flight. Verse 19, he made the moon to mark the seasons. Just that alone. He made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to go down. Our God is an incredible, incredible God. He is awesome. He is worthy of our praise and and just read that psalm this next week. I think in your small group notes as well, you've got a challenge to just to go over that psalm and to, to spend some time listening to those words from it. It really is an incredible, incredible psalm. As I was praying for us as a church this last week, I felt God challenged me to ask the question, with what mindset do you come to church? With what mindset do you come to church? And I feel like this is what quite a lot of us do is we come to church because we see something in us that needs fixing. And what we do is we take out our phones, and probably most of us here have got a smartphone of some sort. But we take out our phones and we put our phones onto selfie mode. So we're looking at ourselves in the mirror a lot, because maybe there's something that's going on in our lives that we're unhappy. Maybe it's a health thing. Maybe it's something in our family that we're struggling with, that we worry about. But we put our phones on selfie mode, and we gather people around us as well to look at what's going on in our lives, to help us with what's going on in our lives. And really, it's counterintuitive, and it doesn't seem like the right thing to do, but really the best thing that we could do at this point is to take our phone off of selfie mode and to point it straight up to God. To point it up to God, and to say, you know what, God? despite what I'm going through at the moment, you are seated on the throne. You are above all things. You are incredible and you know what I'm going through and you hold my hand in the midst of those things to point our lives straight up to God. And the most happy, the most joyful people in the whole world are the ones that take their phone off of selfie mode and point it up to God to look straight to Him. Because when we do that, what happens is we start to get God's perspective on life. We start to get God's perspective of what's going on around us. And we look to other people then when we've got God's heart for those other people. You know, how can I love that person? How can I serve that person? How can I do this? It's when we understand who God is that we get this different perspective. I know so many people that have been put off from church because they look to themselves or they look at other people to see how other people do it without looking to God. You see, if you look to God in everything, you'll never go wrong. You'll never go wrong if you point your life straight up to God. If you take your phone, your life off of selfie mode and point it up to God, that is the best thing that you could possibly do. And that's why I think that as we look at stewardship, as we look at generosity, as we look at the giving of our time, the giving of our money, the giving of our resources, all of those things, really, this is a byproduct of understanding the holiness of God. Okay, that is the point of my sermon. If you're taking notes, write that one down. Stewardship is a byproduct of understanding the holiness of God. See, if we get that first, Matthew six thirty-three, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these things will be given to you as well. If we get that one thing right, seek God, look to him, point our lives to him, then this stuff will follow. Stewardship is a byproduct of understanding the holiness of God. I just want to give two examples about how that plays out in the Bible and the New Testament particularly. A few weeks ago we heard about a man called Zacchaeus and Zacchaeus was a pretty put-together sort of person. We had a teaching on Zacchaeus in our series on Luke just a few weeks ago. Zacchaeus was pretty put together. He had a lot of things going for him. He had a lot of money. He probably had a good-looking bank account He probably, uh, in his day, had an equivalent of a nice car. He had a lot of things that were good in his life. But we do hear that Zacchaeus was not liked by a lot of people. He was a tax collector. And so people were probably quite jealous of him as well. But what happens when Zacchaeus meets Jesus? Zacchaeus meets Jesus, and his life is changed And he doesn't care about his wealth anymore. He doesn't care about what he has on this earth. And he says to Jesus, Jesus, I'm going to give away half of everything I have is going to go to the poor because it doesn't matter to me anymore. This good life that I've had up until this point doesn't matter because I've encountered Jesus. I've encountered God. And so I'm ready just to give it all away. You see, that's how it works. If we look to God, then we don't care about what we have on this earth. We just borrow it until one day we're going to be with him forever. It doesn't matter when we get who God is, when we understand his holiness, his power, when we look to him, it doesn't matter. Zacchaeus is an incredible example of someone that sees and encounters the holiness of Jesus Christ, the holiness of God. Another example is in Second Corinthians 8, and I absolutely love this. This is where Paul is writing to his brothers, and he's talking about the churches in Macedonia, and he's talking about how the churches have done incredible things. And he says in Second Corinthians chapter 8, he says, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly, begging us for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints." You see, these were a group of people, these Christians in Macedonia had nothing, absolutely nothing. They were dirt poor, absolutely nothing, and yet they're begging that they would give. They're saying to Paul, Paul, please let us give some money because we've seen God. Notice what Paul says in verse 1. He doesn't say to the brothers that he's writing to, he doesn't say, look at these amazing people, look what they've done. He says, brothers, we want you to know about the grace of God. We want you to know about the grace of God. Paul says, I want to talk about God. And these Christians in Macedonia, that's what they got. Because they experienced the grace of God, they'd encountered the Lord Jesus. They're begging that they would give. They're begging Paul that they would give something because they've experienced Jesus Christ when we recognize who Jesus is, it doesn't matter anymore. What we have, our nice cars, our houses, our time, all of those things don't matter in comparison to knowing God. That's what I want to see today, is is not that you would give more money. I might regret saying this. But honestly, it's not that you would give more money. It's that you would look to God. Is that you would look to God in all things. Because that is the most important thing above everything else in the whole world. That we would look to him. You know, the most happy people, the most joyful people I've ever seen in my entire life. A few years ago in a township in South Africa. And we were building a church for these people in this township that had nothing. Half of them were going to die of AIDS. Not very long. And we're building this church, and we lay the concrete floor in this church. And before the concrete is even dry, it was quite funny. Before the concrete is even dry, these Christians are dancing and jumping and praising God for who he is and for what he's done. And yet they're going to die, half of them. You see, they don't care because they've experienced, because they've recognized the grace of God in their lives. That is what I want for us, Christ Church. You've got a few months until the new vicar comes. How are we going to prepare ourselves for that? Just think a moment about the most self-centered person that you know. The most self-centered person that you know. Now think about the most generous person that you know. You know, something that I've learned in my short experience in life is that self-centered people are miserable. And actually, when have you met an angry, generous person? Honestly, that is what I want today is that instead of that, that we would look to God, that we would see that God is above everything that we'd be envious, really, of these Christians in Macedonia, thinking, you know, how can I give, because I've experienced the grace of God in my life? It really is incredible. And that is found in Jesus Christ. That is found in Jesus Christ alone. Let's be changed by him. Let's get ourselves ready for him. Let's spend these next few, next few months getting close to Jesus Christ. That we would be ready, that we would wake up. And I honestly think, and I've, I've thought this, I've, I'm a real lover of Winchester. But there's lots of people around this city that are praying for revival to happen. And there's a lot of people in this city that believe that revival is going to start in Winchester. And I'm one of those people that believes that. As I, as I pray, as I look over the city when I go for my walk, it just feels that, that God is going to do something incredible in this place. When the churches are united, when the churches are brought together, that God's spirit is going to fall, and there's going to be revival on this city, and it's going to start here, and it's going to go out. That's what I believe is going to happen. But unless we are ready, unless we are prepared, unless we are close to Jesus Christ, is it going to happen? We need to be prepared. We need to be ready. And as I was walking this last week, I felt God say the words to me again, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. That we need to send out evangelists, people into our city to see people saved, to see the lost encounter Jesus Christ as well. At the start of this series, as we look at stewardship, let's start with God. Let's start with Jesus Christ. Let's seek him first. And then all these things will be given to us as well. That is my prayer. That is my hope for all of us, myself included, that I would get closer to Jesus Christ in all that I do. Let's just spend a moment now being still. Maybe this is something that you are struggling with at the moment. Maybe you feel that it's actually really difficult to come to Jesus. Maybe you feel that you've been trying for a long time, but you're not seeing any breakthrough, and your relationship with him is not what it once used to be. Jesus Christ, I just pray that for all of us in this room who, who have a heart, who have a desire to seek you, I pray that you would help us. I pray that you would help us to prepare as part of our vision in this vacancy. Lord, help us to prepare. Help us to wake up. Help us not to look around but to look to you, to point our lives directly up to you. If, if this is something that you really struggle with, and I know a lot of us do, and it's not an easy thing to do, it's not an easy thing to, to put this into practice on a day-to-day basis because we all live incredibly busy lives that, that take a lot of time and, and all of those things, but prayer is an important thing. That we can receive and as we respond now in worship let's lift our voices to God let's give him the worship that he deserves because he is God and he has done everything for us and if you'd like to receive prayer in that time there'll be a few of us over here that will pray for you but let's give God the worship that he deserves let's stand together